Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, June the 28th, and my mission continues to be serving the people of Cumberland North to build unity and trust, to influence legislation and public policy for the greater good, educate and build capacity, promoting our people of Cumberland North and our area, and working to build a world-class healthcare system while improving population health. That is my mission. That is my purpose that I strive to achieve each and every day of the week. Before I speak about what happened last week in politics, I first want to say congratulations to all of the graduates of Cumberland North. It is a very special time today for the lives of our graduates as well as all the families. Education is so important and I hope that all the graduates embrace lifelong learning because learning keeps you in a positive space and will always open doors of opportunity. So just sending congratulations to all the graduates and hoping for a safe week for them as well. I also want to start off recognizing the pain that our country is experiencing as more and more bodies of children are being found in unmarked graves throughout our country. As more and more of us come to learn the history and the practices that have happened, our hearts, I know my heart breaks for the Indigenous families. Um, And healing, I believe, is needed. There is time for a reflection as a country. And that healing and reflection will bring us forward stronger as a nation and as a unified people. The history that is being revealed so vividly now also reminds me just how important it is for people to take a stand when wrongdoing happens, which leads me now to talk about what happened last week. I've had many questions and I'd like to take some time to walk through a timeline of what happened. Now, any of you that listen to this MLA update on a regular basis know the ongoing challenges that the people of our border community have faced due to the restrictions at the Nova Scotia New Brunswick border really since the state of emergency was declared back on March 22, 2020. For the last 15 months, there has been so much hardship and stress on people and businesses here in our border community. It's been hard on everyone. It's been hard on everyone, but exponentially greater on the people and the businesses here in our border community and throughout Cumberland County. The local frustration has been escalating, especially over the past few weeks as COVID cases have been low in New Brunswick and became lower here in Nova Scotia, yet border restrictions remained unchanged and people did not see the logic. While all Nova Scotians could travel freely with no restrictions, the people here in Cumberland were still being denied the right to see their families and have full access to healthcare services and businesses such as retail and tourism sectors were being locked from their customers. On June 11th, Premier Higgs, next door in New Brunswick, made an announcement that he was including Cumberland County in the New Brunswick reopening plan for phase one. 
the Nova Scotia Premier, Premier Rankin, refused to allow us here in Cumberland to join New Brunswick as a bubble. Neighboring MLA Megan Mitten and I had been asking since last November for this. People here were devastated, I know I was, when Premier Rankin refused to allow us to open with New Brunswick. I spoke with Premier Rankin personally and emphasized the need for this for the people living here. Four days later, on June 15th, Premier Rankin decided to move the opening date for the Atlantic bubble up to a week from June 30th to June 23rd. Then, after this announcement, Premier Rankin signed off on a massive $18 million marketing campaign to incent tourists from Atlantic Canada, mostly New Brunswick, to book trips here in Nova Scotia. So families planned to be reunited for June 23rd, which was last Wednesday. Keep, Keep in mind, these families have been separated since November 20th, nearly seven months. And many of our families literally live five to 10 minutes apart. So to say that people were excited and anticipating June 23rd, really was an understatement. In fact, a lot of people traveled into New Brunswick the day before, June 22nd, to see their families knowing or anticipating that they would be able to come back home the following day and not have to self-isolate. But we all know what happened. The day before, Tuesday, June 22nd at 2 p.m., Premier Ian Rankin kicked New Brunswick out of the Atlantic bubble the day before it was scheduled to open even without even a courtesy call to the New Brunswick Premier and also added new complicated Nova Scotia border rules. More complicated now, even though people have had vaccinations. Premier Rankin slapped the people here in the face at the 11th hour, once again using the border and the people here as his political pawns The news spread very quickly and I immediately started getting messages from angry, irate constituents saying enough was enough and they were going to shut down the highway. I knew the Premier was doing his press conference at 3 p.m. and I spent the next 30 minutes in deep thought and meditation. And after thinking long and hard, I decided to take a stand for the people of Cumberland North And at 2.55, did a Facebook Live video letting the Premier know what was going to happen and if he did not backtrack on his flip-flop decision to once again stop families from seeing one another here in our border community, that he needed to know what was about to happen. And I wanted to give him a chance to make it right. I was angry. I was angry on behalf of the people here that are being mistreated. I was indignant. I made a decision to stand with the people I represent and I have no regrets. I went to the protest, which was forming at exit seven. The protest there was 30 minutes away from the Nova Scotia, New Brunswick border. RCMP were on site and I stayed in constant communication with them, helping them to keep things peaceful. The RCMP uh, told me clearly that this was a legal, peaceful protest 
and that they would not shut it down and that they were there to help ensure public safety. And I want to emphasize that the protest that was held at Exit 7 near Thompson Station was a legal, peaceful protest. The leader of the PC party has been informing media that I attended an illegal blockade, which is not true. It is not true. At Exit 7, a large number of people showed up to protest. Families, including children. I can't help but think of what an education they got that day. They will never forget it. The fact is, here in Canada, we have a right to peaceful protest. It is part of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And in fact, there was even a veteran, Lauren Baird, who was attending the, the peaceful protest. And we honored him by clapping after he shared his thoughts. We had a speaker and a microphone there. And everyone had an opportunity to speak and share why they were there at the legal peaceful protest. RCMP and protesters did allow vehicles through that had children or anyone with medical needs. The RCMP also rerouted traffic around Exit 7. During the protest, I called Premier Rankin several times trying to get him to listen and to respond to the needs of the people of our area. But once again, he chose not to. As time went on, it became evident that the Premier was not going to listen to the needs of our family despite the protest. RCMP and I spoke and I asked the crowd if they would consider ending the protest if I gave them a commitment that I would travel to Halifax in the morning requesting a meeting, an urgent meeting with the Premier on their behalf. Almost all of the people agreed and dispersed and went home. There were a few people that remained and kept one side of the highway closed. The RCMP stayed with them and I went home. It was probably around 930 that on Tuesday night. The next morning I got up and I traveled to Halifax. I left around 6 a.m. I had heard that there was another group protesting at the Nova Scotia, New Brunswick border and the highway was closed with no possible rerouting of traffic. The group leading this closure had been at the other protest on exit seven earlier the night before. And when it ended, they went to the border meeting other people that had already been there. This group had been meeting every Sunday for the last eight weeks at the Nova Scotia New Brunswick border protesting and had it closed down on the highway at at least one occasion, maybe more, for short periods of time. I arrived at one government place on Granville Street in Halifax and requested a meeting with the Premier at 8.30 in the morning on Wednesday. I was told by the commissioners that I was not allowed entry to the building. This was a shock to me as MLAs are normally allowed entry to one government place, both to have access to the speaker's office, protocol office, as well as the premier's office. So I waited outside the building, hoping for an appointment and I planned on waiting all day. I soon found out that premier Rankin had left and was actually in Chester campaigning. I felt it unbelievable that while protesters had the Nova Scotia, New Brunswick border and Trans-Canada Highway blocked, the Premier was ignoring the situation while millions of dollars of goods was being held up on the Trans-Canada Highway. 
Meanwhile, he was out making election funding announcements on the other end of the province. The Minister of Health did call me and asked me to call the protesters off, off, which I had done twice already that day, hoping that they would listen. But I explained to the Minister of Health that these protesters were there on their own free will, protesting due to the Premier's flip-flop last-minute decision, preventing them once again from seeing their families. I called on the Minister of Health for a meeting with the Premier and asked him, begged him, to get the Premier to go and meet and talk with the protesters. All morning while I waited in Halifax, I received messages of support from back home, as well as messages of of support from my colleagues in the PC caucus. Then a few things happened, which caused a turn of events. The Premier made a negative statement against me publicly. Also, additional protesters from New Brunswick joined the blockade at the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick borders, of many of them were anti-vaxxers, protesting against vaccination of COVID-19. Although I was not there physically at the border, it appears as though the anti-vaxxers took over the protest. Even though I was not there, the media connected me with both the legal peaceful protest held the night before at Exit 7 with the illegal blockade that happened on Wednesday with the anti-vaxxers. Even though I was not connected, the leader of our PC party demanded that I sign a public apology taking full responsibility for the blockade on Wednesday. I refused to do so because I will not accept responsibility for others' decisions. The leader of the PC party made a decision Thursday before noon to remove me from the party due to my unwillingness to sign a fake apology. I was devastated by his decision. However, I remain a member of the PC party, and I continue to believe in the mission and the values of the Progressive Conservative Party. The PC party is part of my extended family throughout the entire province of Nova Scotia, and that doesn't change just because one person is not willing to stand with me for what is right for the people that I was elected to represent. If I signed a fake apology to appease a leader, I would have compromised my own integrity as well as the people that I represent here in Cumberland North. I stood shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, with the families and the people at the legal peaceful protests at Exit 7 on Tuesday night, and I have no regrets. I will not make an apology. The people here have suffered long enough as the Premier uses our border and the people that live here as his political pawns. His last-minute flip-flop decisions affect the people here. Yes, COVID is, is important, but so is the mental and emotional and social well-being of people as well. And his last-minute decisions, just because he cannot get along clearly with the neighboring premier, is not right. And someone had to take a stand, and I did that with the people that I represent. If I had to do it over again, I would. The fact is, I wasn't involved with or even at the border blockade on Wednesday. After I asked protesters near Thompson Station Tuesday night to go home, after the peaceful protest, I went to Halifax to try and meet with the Premier with the full knowledge and full support of PC leader Tim Houston and the office. 
The fact is, I contacted protesters at the border on Wednesday and asked them to go home. The fact is, the protesters themselves have publicly stated that I was not supportive of their blockade. The fact is, I do not, absolutely do not share the anti-vaccine statements of some of the border blockade protesters. In fact, those of you listening that know me know I'm a registered nurse and I've been administering vaccines for three decades. In fact, this spring, I took some shifts helping my husband administer COVID-19 vaccines here in Amherst. I have hounded Ian Rankin's government for more vaccines for us here in Cumberland and for Nova Scotians. So I am not an anti-vaxxer. I do not support the statements of the anti-vaxxers that were made at the border on Wednesday. Because of these facts, I was not going to make a fake apology for something I wasn't part of or promoted. So as I finish off today's update, I want to make it clear to the people of Cumberland North that you can count on me to continue to serve you, to work for you, and to fight for you. No apologies. Although this has been extremely hard on on my family and my true friends, it is so because of the worry they have of the toll that this may have on me. But I want to tell you, the love that I have surrounding me has been incredible. By them, but also from the local community and across the province, I've even gotten messages of support from different people across the country. So yes, my caucus colleagues were bullied into removing me from caucus, but I've heard from several of them privately with love and support, and that means a lot. Politics can bring out the worst in human nature as people compete for an illusion of power, but like anything, it can also bring out the best in human nature, and I've seen that as well. So I'm discussing next steps with my husband and my family. And in the meantime, I'm still the MLA for the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent now and not affiliated with a political party, although my heart is still with the progressive conservative family. My focus right now is serving the people of Cumberland North. I have always believed that good overcomes evil, that love is more powerful than hate, and I will continue to believe this. This drives me. I will continue to work with my colleague in neighboring Cumberland South, Mr. Tori Rushton. We will do what is best for the people. And that means working together regardless of what has happened. I am seriously considering running as an independent. There are so many people that want me to run as an independent that I do owe it to them to give it consideration. The only people that will decide if I will be MLA are the people of Cumberland North and no one else, not in Halifax or in Pictou. As I finish off the update this week, I would like to send birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who is celebrating this week and a absolute extra special birthday greeting to former Premier and MLA of Cumberland, Mr. Roger Bacon. Mr. Roger Bacon is celebrating his 95th birthday tomorrow on Tuesday. So happy birthday, Roger. I love you and my heart is with you. And you've been an incredible support to me over the last four years. And I will be forever, forever indebted by you. 
I would like to send anniversary greetings to Albert and Gladys Greeno. It's their 66th wedding anniversary. And also would like to send out anniversary greetings to Cameron and Sandra Bales, formerly of Amherst, but now live in Ottawa. Happy 20th anniversary to Cameron and Sandra Bales. I would like to send my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one at this time, including the family and friends of Laura McArdle, Virginia Burke, Arthur Gerald Negus, Michael Robert Cook, as well as Willina Louise Willie Wright. Please accept my sympathies and condolences at this time. I would like to thank CFTA 107.9 as well as Mr. Ron Bickle for providing me with this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Taking a stand for what is right, whether it's for a person or a cause or a community, is not always easy. What is easy is sitting back, judging, and having an opinion. As we all look back and reflect on the activities and the circumstances of last week, one thing has been made clear, and that is the people of Cumberland North and Cumberland County have a voice. And I think Premier Rankin heard it loud and clear. Have a great week, everyone. Remember to take care of yourselves and to take care of others.